You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come out to Bethage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, verse number 2, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the full of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put, their, uh, put on them their clothes, and set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much, and we are uh, such a blessed people. You've been so good to us. I thank you that we can come to church, and we can assemble, and we can worship you, and we can sing your praises, and we can reflect upon the fact that we once were lost, but we've been found. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, we have been set free. I thank you that we've been saved and born again by the precious blood of Jesus. And Lord, if there's anyone here today in this auditorium, anyone listening on the radio, anyone watching online that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. Oh God, I pray that you would please meet with us and speak to us and give us exactly what we need from the Word of God. I pray that you would please bless our church. I pray for our members. I think of our shut-ins. I think of those that cannot be here today. Uh, Lord, who would do anything they could to get back to church one more time. I pray that you would minister to them as they listen to this service on the radio. I pray that they would know how much we love them, how much we miss them. And I pray that they would realize that uh, we are here today uh, because so many throughout the years have given and served and sacrificed and prayed for your blessing upon this church. And we certainly uh, do not take that for granted. We pray you bless this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I want you to notice in this passage, this is the uh, passage. And of course, this today is Palm Sunday. And uh, this was the, the occasion here, Matthew 21, where Jesus was riding into Jerusalem just a few days before he would be crucified. And uh, we recognize this as Palm Sunday. 
the palm branches that they used to, uh, to wave, to, uh, to, uh, to, to uh, uh, announce the coming of Jesus and the entrance of Jesus and the, the palm branches that they, they threw down in front of that donkey that, that, that carried Jesus into town, those palm branches are very interesting because a palm branch is a sign of victory. And uh, you say, but didn't Jesus know that he was going to the cross? Oh, yeah, he knew. But you know what else he knew? He knew that he was going to die on the cross, but he knew that he was going to rise from the dead. And can I tell you, I'm glad that although we are now looking toward and anticipating this time when in history when Jesus died on a cross, I'm thankful that we serve uh, not a dead Savior. Uh, not a Savior who's in a grave, but we serve a risen Savior. We serve a living Savior, and we ought to rejoice in victory. I'm not recommending that you bring palm branches into the church. That might make a mess, but uh, I am saying that we ought to come to church with a spirit of victory, and we ought to know every Sunday that we serve a God who is alive, and I'm glad that Jesus is not only alive, but he's coming back uh, soon and very soon. But this Palm Sunday, we see in Matthew 21 that Jesus, before he entered Jerusalem, he sent his disciples on a mission. Now, I don't know the conversation that these disciples had, but you have to admit they probably were not impressed with the magnitude of importance that this mission had. This mission, Jesus said, I want you to go to a certain place and I want you to bring back a donkey. Now, that could not have been very exciting for those disciples. You know, this was not a glory mission, okay? They knew they weren't coming back and they weren't going to be signing autographs after this mission. But nonetheless, Jesus sent them to find a donkey. I want you to notice in verse number three, if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say the Lord hath need of them. Luke 19, 31, the Bible says, because the Lord hath need of him. Luke 19, 34, the Lord hath need of him. Referring to the donkey. Now I want to tell you this. I'm amazed that the creator of the universe would see anything that he needs or anything that he would use. In this case, it was a donkey. But can I tell you, I am so thankful that the creator of the universe wants to use us. I hope you never get over the fact that God wants to use you. You say, well, I'm not the pastor. Well, maybe not, but God wants to use you. And God's got something for you that is specifically designed for you in your life. And you say, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. Well, I got news for you. If you're doing what God calls you to do, you're not second class. You're not second rate. You are serving in the greatest capacity possible because you're doing what God wants you to do. I'm glad that God has chosen to use us. I think we understand that God doesn't really need us, but I'm amazed that he would choose to use us. God doesn't need us, but I'll tell you one thing, we certainly need him. Amen. And I hope you woke up this morning with that realization that we need God. Amen. 
Uh, we need him every day. We need him uh, like that song, I need thee every hour. Sometimes you got to rewrite the songs and sometimes you got to sing, I need thee every minute. I need thee every second. I'm thankful that although God does not need us, he chooses to use us and we certainly need him. So Jesus said, I need this donkey. He sent his disciples. Now, why a donkey? If you were going to ride into a city, some of you, and by the way, let's bring it into 2021. If you were going to ride into a city for a special occasion, I doubt you'd go look for the old clunker, right? This would be the time to get something fancy. This would be the time to take the car you've got and wash it up real good and wax it up real good and make sure that it was presentable. But in Bible times, if you wanted to ride somewhere, your first choice would probably be a horse. But Jesus chose a donkey. That was not an accident. In Bible times, whenever a king would ride to a city, if he was on a horse and the king was riding to another city, that was a good indication that there was a war fixing to happen. And by the way, when Jesus comes back after the tribulation, he's not going to be riding on a donkey. He's going to be riding on a white horse. You know why? Because it's war. And Jesus will defeat the armies of the Antichrist. And Jesus will be declared the King of kings and Lord of lords that he already is. But every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But in this case, Jesus chose to ride on a donkey. During Bible times, whenever a king or a dignitary would ride into a city or ride from one place to another on a donkey, that was always a sign of peace. Many times that king would be going to deliver the terms or the treaty of peace for that nation so that that nation could be spared. I want to tell you, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, he was bringing a treaty of peace. He was bringing peace to sinful man to sinful man that was separated from a holy God. And Jesus was bringing peace to not just Jerusalem, but Jesus was bringing peace to the entire world. Colossians says that Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross. I'm glad that that, that that gulf that separated us from a holy God, it was so big, it was so vast, but Jesus Christ became the bridge. Jesus Christ became the way, the truth, and the life so that we could have peace with God, so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have a home in heaven. Jesus picked a donkey because he wanted the people to know I'm coming this time and I'm bringing peace to man that has been alienated from God. I'm thankful that Jesus came. I'm thankful that he died on that cross. I'm thankful for the price that he paid. But I want you to notice this morning for a few moments, I want you to notice this donkey. I want you to see, number one, that this donkey had to be found. It says in Matthew 21, go into the village, verse 2, and straightway ye shall find the donkey. Mark 11, verse 2, ye shall find a colt tied. Luke 19, 30, ye shall find a colt tied. John 12, 14, and Jesus, when he had found the donkey, uh, he sat thereon. That donkey first had to be found. 
Jesus sent his disciples. He said, I want you to go, and here's where you will find that donkey. I'll say this, number one, the donkey had to be found. Somebody had to go. Somebody had to go find that donkey. That donkey was not going to come wandering to Jesus on its own. Somebody had to go and find that donkey. I'm glad that somebody was listening to Jesus. I'm glad that those disciples said, hey, Jesus, you want a donkey? We're going to go find it. You want a donkey? We're on our way. I'm glad that somebody was listening to the Savior when he said there's a donkey that needs to be found. There's someone else that needs to be found because there's someone else who is lost. The Bible says in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Say, well, who was that? That was you. And that was me. We were lost. You say, well, well, what's the big deal about being lost? Well, if you lose a valuable item, that's bad, right? You ever lose a, you lose a wallet? That's not good. Um, you ever lose a cell phone? You ever lose your keys and that are hard to replace or you, you can't get another set very soon? That's bad. You ever lose a, a ring, something very valuable? That's not good. How about this? There have been people that have been lost. There have been people who have been lost at sea or people that have been lost in the wilderness and people that have never been found. There have been people who have, who have turned up missing, whether they were killed or kidnapped or they chose to disappear. We don't know. But, but somebody to be lost, that's a scary thing. I think about the uh, lost colony of Roanoke. That's always been intriguing to me. And of course, you read the stories and everybody's got a theory on where that colony went. But they came back uh, from England and they found that everybody in the colony, three years later, they were gone. You couldn't find anybody. The whole colony was lost. That's pretty bad. By the way, Thank you for showing up at church on Sundays because if I ever showed up here and I couldn't find any of you, I'd be, I, first of all, I'd probably think the rapture happened and I missed it. You know, that'd be the first thing. But then I, we'd have to send out some search parties or something. So thank you for coming to church. And we also need the sound man too so that we could have preaching. But to lose something is bad. To lose somebody is worse but to be lost for eternity is far worse than anything you could lose in this life. You see, the Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You see, that's where you were. And that's where I was before Jesus came and found you. I know sometimes we use expressions and we say, yeah, it took me a while, but I had to find my way back to God or I had to find the way to Christ. And, and I think that's fine. I think God works in hearts and God uses different things. But if you want to be completely honest, and if I want to be completely honest about the matter, we were lost and the only way we could be found was that Jesus came looking for us. 
And I'm glad that although I once was lost, I now am found. I've been saved. I've been born again. Jesus left the 99 sheep that were safe in the fold, and he left those 99 to come and find that one lost sheep. Jesus loves you. And Jesus loved me so much. If you were the only person on planet earth, he would have come and died for you. That's how valuable you are to God. Jesus sent the disciples to find this donkey. The Bible says they went and they did exactly like Jesus commanded them to do. They brought the donkey to Jesus. I'm thankful for the person that brought me to Christ. I'm thankful that when I was a boy, I had a mom and a dad that loved me and that prayed for me and took me to church. And I'm thankful that they witnessed to me. And I'm thankful that as a boy uh, at 229 Victory Street, Rockford, Illinois, I knelt beside the bed in my parents' bedroom and I prayed and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And before that, I was lost. But after that, I was found. And I'm thankful that somebody brought me to Jesus. You know what we need in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina? We need people that'll get serious about bringing other people to Jesus. Somebody brought you to Jesus. Aren't you glad somebody told you? Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was a co-worker. Maybe it was a next door neighbor. Maybe it was a preacher. Maybe it was an evangelist. Or maybe it was a family member. But somebody cared enough to bring you to Jesus. And can I tell you, you ought to thank God every day for that person. Maybe some of you, when you leave here, you ought to get on the phone and call that person. If that person is still alive, you ought to call that person and say, hey, I just wanted to say thank you for telling me about Jesus. Thank you for showing me the way of salvation. I love hearing stories of, of folks in our church who got saved years and years ago at the Oliver B. Green tent meetings here in Roanoke Rapids and down in Rocky Mount. Can I tell you, you ought to thank God for the person that set up that tent. You ought to thank God for the person that invited you to come to that meeting. You ought to thank God for that preacher that cared enough to give his life to preach night after night and week after week and month after month and year after year so that people could be saved. I thank God that somebody brought me to Jesus. But I wonder, who am I going after? Who am I trying to bring to Jesus? That's why we've got these buses out here. I'm so fired up. April the 18th, Lord willing, those buses are going to run. And you know what those buses are going to do? They're not just going to bring people to Victory Baptist Church. They're not just going to bring people so we can tell them about us. But those buses are going to run so we can bring people to Jesus. That's why we've got Easter Sunday. The Easter egg is not going to save you. The family photo is not going to save you. But Jesus Christ could save your soul. That's why we have a kids crusade. And that's why we have a teen spectacular. And that's why we do what we do. Because we're trying to bring people to Jesus. People that are lost need to be found. I see that that donkey was found. And if you haven't figured it out yet, that donkey is a representation of us. I'm glad that Jesus found me. I'm glad that somebody obeyed the Lord and brought me to Jesus. I'm thankful for a mom and dad that cared about my soul. But number one, that donkey was found. But number two, I want you to see that donkey was freed. That donkey was set free. It says in Matthew 21 in verse number two that she shall find the donkey tied. It was 
tied. It was fastened. It was secured. And Jesus said, you've got to loose it and you've got to bring it to me. Mark eleven two. You shall find a colt tied. Loose him and bring him. Luke 19, 30. Ye shall find a colt tied. Loose him and bring him hither. Just because the disciples went and they found that donkey, that wasn't the end of the story. They had to free that donkey. They had to get that donkey to a place where it could get to Jesus. The donkey could not be used by Jesus until the donkey was set free. The songwriter said, For a long time I traveled down a long, lonely road. My heart was so heavy, in sin I sank low. Then I heard about Jesus. What a wonderful hour. I'm so glad that I found out He could bring me out through His saving power because thank God I'm free. I'm glad that you've been set free. I'm glad that I've been set free from sin. Uh, the, the, the chains of sin held us fast. And we were enslaved to sin. We were in bondage in sin. And that's why Jesus had to redeem us because he had to buy us back and set us free from the chains of sin. Galatians tells us that we have liberty in Christ. Now, some people use that liberty as a license to sin. I got news for you. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. If I got set free from the county jail, why in the world would I get out of that jail? And why in the world would I go back to that jail and say, no, I want you to lock me up again? That's a serious case of the stupids. If you've been set free, stay away from the sin that God set you free from. You don't want to go back to those chains. You don't want to go back to that life. You have liberty in Christ. You have been set free from sin and you are free to serve God. That's what freedom's all about. You've been freed from the chains of sin. You've been brought to Jesus. Can I tell you? Jesus set you free. So why do you still act like you're tied to the sin? Why do we still act like we are chained to the sin that Jesus has set us free from? I think about that maniac of Gadara. You know what they tried to do? They tried to chain him with chains, but he broke the physical chains but he couldn't break the spiritual chains. He was demon-possessed. He was a maniac. He was a madman. He needed to get saved. And when Jesus saved him, he, he was clothed and he was in his right mind. And the people could not believe because he had some spiritual chains that only Jesus could break and only Jesus could set him free from. I wonder this morning, what do you need to be set free from? Now, Jesus has already saved you. He's already set you free. Uh, like a bird out of prison, you've been set free. Hallelujah. But what is it that you're still chained to? Maybe it's your past. You know, the devil loves to bring up your past. The devil loves to bring up my past and remind us of things we've done, things we've said, mistakes we've made. And that old devil, he'll say things like, oh, oh, God could never use you because you're such a wicked person. You're such a failure. Uh, you're, you're, you don't matter to God. God could never use you. Well, I got news for you. God can use anybody. 
Paul said this. He said, uh, it is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul said, I'm the worst of all the sinners, but God could save me. And I want to tell you, God can save you and God can set you free. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe there's some shame from the past. Maybe there's some regrets in your past that you just can't get free and, and those chains are holding you back. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's hurt that you've experienced. Can I tell you, it's time to let Jesus set you free. It's time to not just be found, but it's time to be freed from the chains that are holding you back and that are holding you down. This donkey had to be found, but this donkey had to be freed. And number three, I want you to see this donkey was fulfilled. This donkey was fulfilled. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, donkeys were often used to carry burdens to carry packs or to carry loads. But it wasn't super often that you would choose a donkey to carry you, to carry a person. I'll say this, this donkey carrying Jesus, that was not a burden for the donkey. That was a blessing for the donkey to have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords riding on your back and to, to, to transport Jesus from point A to point B. What a blessing that is. We have been given a privilege we have a privilege to carry Jesus to a world that is lost and to a world that is so desperately in need of salvation. I hope you never see it as a burden. I hope for those in here who are your Sunday school teachers and junior church and master clubs and bus workers and choir members and, and, and uh, uh, instrumentalists and nursery workers and security and sound men. I hope you never view serving God as a burden. I hope it's a blessing because what a privilege to think that God would use simple, ordinary people like us to accomplish His work. There was nothing special about this donkey. This donkey carried Jesus, but this donkey never said a word. You say, well, of course it didn't say a word. Well, have you ever read the Old Testament? There was a donkey in the Old Testament that had to say a word, but not this donkey. This donkey didn't need the attention. This donkey didn't need the praise. This donkey just wanted to get Jesus to where he needed to go. And in case anyone might have been distracted by the donkey, the Bible says that they took off their coats and they covered the donkey. I don't know if it was an ugly donkey. I don't know if it was a filthy donkey. I don't know what the problem was with that donkey, but they said, we have got to get this thing covered up. We don't want anybody seeing that donkey. And can I tell you this? That's a good reminder for us that our job is done the best when people don't see us, but when people see Jesus. And when people don't praise us, but people glorify our Father which is in heaven. You will only find fulfillment in your life when you do what God has created you to do. And that is to glorify His name. God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for each and every one of you in this room. Brother Dan said it again today in Sunday school, but he said, if, you're, if, you've got, if, you've, if you've got breath, if you're still breathing, God's got something for you to do. It's amazing to me that nobody really noticed the donkey. I think that would be a fair statement. And if you say they did, then I say, yes, you're right. They noticed it so much. They said, we got to cover this, this, this guy up. This is not good. But there was somebody 
that noticed the donkey. That was Jesus. Jesus noticed the donkey before the donkey was ever there. He noticed the donkey when the donkey was in a different city. He noticed the donkey to say, hey, go get that particular donkey and bring that donkey to me. I want to use that donkey. Can I tell you, nobody noticed the donkey except for Jesus. God recorded it in Scripture in each of the four Gospels. It is recorded. And you say, well, who cares about an ordinary donkey? God does. You say, who cares about simple, ordinary, everyday people? God does. He doesn't just have to use us. He doesn't have to use us at all. But I'm glad he chooses to use us. Nobody noticed the donkey. But Jesus did. I've told the story before. I think it's been a while. I think some of you may remember it. But the year was 1966. Uh, before I was born, in case you're wondering. But the Green Bay Packers were playing in a championship game, and they were playing against the, I think it was the Dallas Cowboys, which I hate to say that because I'm still hoping the Dallas Cowboys, that they will, they will somehow have a winning season sometime soon. Uh, but in the 60s, they were good. But this particular game, the Green Bay Packers were at the goal line, and they needed to score a touchdown to win. Time was running out, and they called the play, and that offensive lineman cleared a path. His name was Jerry Kramer. He cleared a path and Bart Starr was the quarterback and Bart Starr was able to get in the end zone and score the winning touchdown. And the, the stands, the people in the stands went wild. The cheering and the celebrating and of course all the recognition was going to Bart Starr because he's the one that carried the ball into the end zone. He was the quarterback that scored. Meanwhile, Jerry Kramer is thinking, man, I'm the one that did the work. I made it easy for that guy. I cleared a way, I cleared a path and they said that Jerry Kramer was disappointed when he thought that nobody even knew he existed, even though he did all the work and he really was the one that was responsible for that game-winning touchdown. But they said that when Jerry Kramer looked over at the sidelines, he saw the coach, Vince Lombardi. And Vince Lombardi was not focusing on the celebration in the end zone. He wasn't looking up, admiring all of the cheering fans, but Vince Lombardi, the coach, had his eyes on Jerry Kramer because he knew what Jerry Kramer had done. He knew that Jerry Kramer had fulfilled his role and he had been responsible for that touchdown. And they say that Vince Lombardi, when he saw Jerry Kramer and their eyes met, Vince Lombardi gave him the thumbs up, said, good job. And for Jerry Kramer, that was really all he needed because that was really all that mattered to him was that the coach was pleased. And I want to tell you this, down here in this world, they may not know our name. They may not know who we are or where we came from or what in the world we're doing. But what really matters is that we please Jesus. And what really matters is that we look for His approval and we look for Him to one day say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want you to notice verse 10 and I'm going to close. It says, and when He was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved. Everybody was interested in what was going on. And they said, who is this? They weren't talking about the donkey. They weren't interested in who the disciples were. They said, who is this man? Who is this person who's riding into town on this donkey? And verse 11, the multitude said, this is Jesus, 
the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. This world doesn't need to know who we are. This world doesn't need to know Victory Baptist Church or this world doesn't need to know of something we've accomplished. This world just needs to know who Jesus is. And I'm glad somebody told me about Jesus. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. And I want to this week, and in my life, I want to tell other people who Jesus is. He's the one who can save. And he's the one that can cleanse. He's the one that's looking for him anyway. And he's the one that can set them free. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.